Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, yeah. everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. This is seven shows in eight days. This is the end of a long journey for you and I, Mr. Darkins. Long and mythical journey. Long, arduous, magical, mystical journey. We're like the Beatles. No. Yes. I don't think we are. First of all, there's only two of us. Second of all, we're American. Well, third, we have no musical talent. No. Or Hold on. It's, I don't know, 60, magical 60 mystery years tour. later. Magical yeah. Mystery Tour. You've heard of that album, right? Yeah, I know what you're talking. I know what you're referencing, but we're nothing like the Beatles. So I'm Lennon. <laughs> okay. You're uh, Ringo. No, you're not Ringo. Right. Well, maybe you're Ringo. You kind of look like Ringo. Hi. You actually look a bit like Ringo Starr. Hi, I'm John, and I'm Paul, and I'm George. I'm Ringo. <laughs> I just like to party. He really did, though, dude. Dude, that he was. They give him a lot of credit, not for his musicianship or his songwriting, but like when they went out, Ringo was apparently the guy that was uh, the the guy to party with. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So you got he made them more approachable. You got uh, George Harrison, who's depressed all the time. You got Paul McCartney. Oh, here comes the sun. What are you talking about? He was just a young kid. You got Paul McCartney, who was always trying to break creative barriers. He was annoying. And then you got John Lennon, who's what. 10 years out of starting to experiment with heroin. I mean, he's the only fun guy on there. Huh? All drugs. All drugs. Not well, just... He started getting addicted to heroin in the 70s. Everybody started getting addicted to heroin in the 70s. Hell, one of our commercials just got addicted to heroin. It's true. It's a good one. Yikes. Anyways, heroin talk. Hot, hot needle talk on a <laughs> Saturday morning. Hi, welcome, welcome to Needle Talk. I'm your host. This will be the show. Let's go to our producer, Will. Producer, Will, what's going on in there? <laughs> Looks like he's nodded off. Whoa. <laughs> Somebody get the ambulance down here. All right. It's been eight days of us being on the air together straight. No, it's been seven. This is a seventh this is show this in is eight, the eighth day, day, eight right? days. The seventh show in eight days. We had Sunday off last week. Oh. On Sunday, you rest. 
because the way it works. So we may not get to any sports. We may not be coherent today. So we will lean heavily on uh, the Better You Today text line, 55305. When are we coherent? That's a fair question. It's kind uh, of a stream of conscious show, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Well, and we've already talked about everything that actually happened this week. So, I mean, really, there's nothing to get to. It's actually usually the nice thing about our show is we get to Saturday and it's like, all right, we've got an entire week of things that we can talk about. We've already talked about everything ad nauseum. Actually, you know what? There's something we haven't talked about. Ooh, what's that? So check this out. I went swimming this morning like I usually do. You got back into your routine because you yep. didn't have to wake up early and do that stupid morning show. Got my butt up at 4.50 and went swimming, right? Good for you. Now, before this, let me preface the story that for the past couple weeks when I go swimming on Saturdays, there's been a guy who will always see me in there, and he's tried to make friends with me. Now, you don't go to the gym. How many guys? I've been to gyms before. You've been to gyms, but sometimes you'll encounter people who will try to be friends with you. So so wait, so you get to the gym at what time? 4.30 in the morning? No, no, no. I, about 5. Okay, 5.15. Five, how many people are there? Uh, there's actually a few people okay. there. I'd say 10. Okay. And so I get there, and this guy for the past couple of, uh, I would say even months, has been trying to make friends with me. And he'll always call me by my name. I forget his name every single time because I just want to go in there and swim or work out and get out. And today he saw me again as I was walking over to the pool, shirtless. And uh, he says, hey, what's going on? Wait, you're both shirtless or you're Well, shirtless? I'm shirtless. He just got out of the sauna. He's a bit sweaty. So everybody's shirtless. Everyone's shirtless. Got it. And I walk past him. He's like, hey, what's going on there, Will? And I was like, oh, not much. And I just kind of like, you know did what I usually do with everyone and write them off. So I walk by and then I swim and then I go out to my car and he had stuck a note on my car saying, I like to swim for fun, Dave, and then put his number underneath. So you have a date. So I got hit on at the pool. Yeah, you did. That's a little scary. Is it? I have to change clubs now. Well, here's the thing, though. For weeks, you've been talking about how you need to tighten up your abs. Yeah. And, and you need to start doing your creatine wash. What are you doing it for, Will? If not for the guys at the gym. Th- this, this guy. Is my, this is my whole point. You, you, you have a fiance. Yeah. You're not going out and picking up chicks. No. I'm picking up dudes, That's apparently. This is what I'm kind of telling you with the old uh, got to get my abs tight. Well, look, can we routine. blame him? Can we really blame him? Because I walk out of there. I took a shower before I got in the pool. Do you wear Speedos, Will? I do wear Speedos. There you go. I got my white yams out. They're glistening from the shower water, you know. And for I, those for the listeners that don't know, Will is the whitest person alive. I am the whitest person. He went alive. to Hawaii and got less tan. Yes. I, I actually did the reverse to me. Well, you did the SPF 150, yeah, which actually whitens your skin. I went to Hawaii, and I wouldn't go to any local places. I just went to Starbucks with my laptop and told everyone I'm writing my novel. Exactly. That's how white I am. Very white. And so now I can't go back to this gym because this guy is hitting on me. He left a note on my car. So you know what? The, well, hold call on a him up. Go on a date. See how it feels. You know what that means, right? He knows what I'm driving. He's watching me drive in. Oh, yeah. That's he- scary. He's got a thing for you. Yeah. Did you ever introduce yourself or he just knows who you are? No, he just knows me because he asked my name once and I told him what my name was and then I didn't interact with him any further. You're playing hard to get and he likes it. I mean, he's not even hot. That's the bad part. Oh, is that the bad part? Well, that and I'm Listen, maybe you need to get to know him. You know? So you think he's going to be the guy that flips me? He might be. I don't know. Anybody else trying to flip you? 
I mean, there's a note on my car. He yeah. was in there before me. That means he was sitting in the window from the pool, just breathing on the glass. I just, wonder if Will's going to show up today. Show. Wait, is that is that his Prius? <laughs> Will's here. Better get glistening. I'm going to uh-huh. jump in the sauna. Then he goes in there, waiting for you to walk out in your Speedo. I kind of feel like he did. Yeah, well. Like it was too good of timing for him. And what's wrong with that? Is he not a nice guy? Well, he's fine, but he's not that great looking. All you care about is looks. You're so superficial and apparently homophobic. I'm not homophobic. I'm just saying I haven't found the right guy yet okay. to, you know, be curious. Well, a lot of us, a lot of people had a chance to listen to us all week. Some people didn't have the, uh, only tune in on Saturdays. And we've made them a promise over the years that we will try to catch them up on everything that happened in the weeks. The years? Yeah. Over the years that we've been doing this show, we've made a oh. promise to them to bring them all the sports news that they may have missed during the week. So for those people that only listen to the Sinner and the Saints to get all their sporting news, we bring them in case you missed it. Will's having a stroke back there. In case you missed it, this week, Johnny Football had his CFL debut, and he threw four interceptions in the first half of the Montreal Wets game last night. Not as actually as bad as you think it might be if you consider that he threw one pick for every practice he had before the start. Wow. You realize he only had four practices before he played? Yeah, he looked terrible, though. He looked like he's never played football in his life. That is not true at all. A lot of people are ripping him for the four interceptions, but you need to give him a little more credit for the two tackles he made. Did you watch the... I saw it. The one tackle, he's all the way... He's like 30 yards downfield. He throws a deep interception. He comes down, he comes right in with a tackle. Just move him to DB. You know what was funny was when uh, he threw one of his picks, it was that he... Uh, he <laughs> First of all, the one that was tipped, he made he made a very good Johnny football move to get free. Yes. And then does like the little toss and it tips off the guy's finger. I, I still blame the tip on him because he put it way out of the receiver's it reach. Pretty, but then there was one... do that. There was one uh, play where he had dropped back. I think he had mistaken that it was a play action. And so he goes back and he... You know, goes like this. The player's not even there. And <laughs> the announcer goes, oh, he's in trouble now. He didn't even know that wasn't a play action. <laughs> I, I came in this morning. I can't remember who I was listening to on the radio, but they were breaking down the, the Johnny football performance. Was it Rhino and the Pitbull? <laughs> it was Earl and the Dog. Earl and the Dog. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Who, <laughs> I honestly don't know who it was because it was a show I don't listen to, and it was two fill-in guys. Yeah. So it was like, all right, it's Pitbull and the Snake filling in for Ernie and the Ernie and the Bucket. Like, I'm like, what? I know what's going on. So I had no, literally no idea who these people are. But they were talking about Johnny Football, and they're going, all right. So Johnny Football had a bad game. He only had the four practices. Let's say you give Aaron Rodgers one practice. Would he go out and play better? Like they're taking yes. other quarterbacks and yes. giving them less prep time. Yes. And that he was, would. Yes. That was exactly the, the only person I could input into there is Blake Bortles who wouldn't, who who needs a full week of practice to just play. Okay. Yeah. Johnny football did not play. Okay. In case you missed it this week, the Seattle Mariners made a couple moves at the trade deadline. I'd like to congratulate Cameron Mabin instead of being stuck on a Marlins team that wasn't going anywhere. Now he gets to play for a Mariners team. That's in a free fall. Yay! Congratulations. The Mariners hey, suck again. They're buying at the trade deadline. Oh, now they're terrible. 
awesome. One and a half games back of it. Boy, it sure happened all of a sudden, didn't it? They just lost four straight. And it was like, oh, well, season's over. Not only did they lose four straight, but they got passed by the A's. They got, at one time, they had an 11-game lead for that second wildcard oh. spot over the A's. That's more of what it is. Kind of hurts your heart. Yeah, and I feel like this year more than any of the others in the past, what, how long has it been now? Almost 20 15 years. 15 years since 15 they made years. a playoff. Yeah, so I feel like now this year more than any other that I can remember was when the hopes were pretty damn high. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun start to the season. Yeah. It's, it's not over, but it does not look good right now. We'll get into more of why that is. It's uh, over. Yeah, it's over. It probably is. It's probably over. It, mathematically, it's not over yet. That's fair to say. Uh, in case you missed it this week, one of my favorite stories is Jim Harbaugh told a player that he should not eat chicken because it's a nervous bird. <laughs> he also mentioned that you should avoid fusilli because it's an arrogant pasta and Dr. Pepper because it's named for a proctologist. Way which to I, go. Which I don't think is actually true. Jim um, Harbaugh's weird, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I tend to agree with him, though. I like that theory. That's a pretty awesome conspiracy theory that they've injected <laughs> them with so many hormones and weird things that it made the birds nervous. And then you attribute the same type of characteristics as what you eat. If you drop back in the pocket and you look nervous because you eat too much chicken as a quarterback in football. Yeah. I, yeah, no. I don't think you gain the power of it. Wouldn't that be sweet? <laughs> I'd be eating ostrich. <laughs> be eating hippo. <laughs> the hippo that you slayed. Uh, in case you missed it this week, Nike has decided to discontinue Jameis Winston's signature shoe, the Nike Force Groper Pro VD. Sorry, I I actually didn't even know that that was a joke. I kind of thought that's what they called it. <laughs> I was actually looking through the Nike cleats to name, figure out like a name to make fun of. Some of them are pretty vicious sounding names, and I was like, oh, I can just use that name of the shoe, the, the malice. Yeah. And the stealth and the force. And I was like, oh, these all sound like Jameis Winston attributes to begin with. The grabber. Yeah. I went groper. But. Oh, the groper. Yeah. The F Nike Force Groper Pro VD. The Nike. The, the Nike like Liquor Stretch. <laughs> liquor Stretch. <laughs> uh, in case you missed it this week, the NFL played the Hall of Fame game to kick off the NFL preseason. It was between Lamar Jackson's Baltimore Ravens and a bunch of guys that will be cut by the Chicago Bears. Did you see Ryan Null? Looks pretty bad. Yeah, but he's also playing with the backup Bears O-line. Yeah, well, and also he is pretty much Toby, like a B-minus version of Toby Gerhardt. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I thought of him when uh, he got into the league. I was like, you know, Toby Gerhardt didn't do great. He's kind of like Toby Gerhardt. I think he's B-minus version of Toby Gerhardt. Or Peyton Hillis. Or... Yeah, well, Peyton Hillis had that sweet year. Yeah, he did. He had the one year and then disappeared. Yeah, he I was mean, on the cover of Madden. There. Listen, these guys are no Mike Allstott. No, they're not. And Mike Allstott was the last great, just like, just, how do you just Tom Rathman style back? Yeah, he was the last <laughs> great, like, movie style uh, running back. You know what I mean? Like, the, the hardworking everyman. Souk played with him. Uh, we talked about Allstott one day. We we're sitting here, they're doing the, uh, uh, some anniversary of the uh, Tampa Bay Super Bowl. He's saying Allstott was just, not only was he like the baddest football player, he's the nicest dude you could ever met. I would imagine that. And just that. mowed people down. I think he'd probably drop drop a nice 24-pack. Oh, like, yeah. he, like, he would be really cool. I, I imagine Mike Allstott being a lot of fun to get drunk with because he would get kind of aggressive, like playful aggressive, but not enough to, like, scare the crap out of you and be like, hey, we got to ditch Mike. Yeah, Mike's getting weird, and, you know, those women are going over to those police over there. This is not getting good. Yeah. And finally... 
in case wait, wait, we, we can get on this whole thread. Sure, we can keep finally, going on Mike. Finally, in case you missed it, President Trump has taken shots at LeBron James on Twitter. The POTUS said on Twitter, LeBron James was just interviewed by the dumbest man on television, Don Lemon. He made LeBron look smart, which isn't easy to do. I like Mike. Of course, President Trump likes Michael Jordan better than LeBron. LeBron did that 2010 Haynes commercial with the Hitler mustache. Uh, no? I thought you would like that one. Better. Pretty good. Okay. Let's start there next. Why is there this insistence on a clash between politics and our sports? It's the sinner and the saint. And it's our show. It's, oh, this is actually our show. Finally, yeah, we're doing our show. We're on the air. It's 1080 The Fan. Tired. Yeah. It's been a long week. It's been long. It's been a long week. Well, it's it's not just the getting up to do the morning show. It's also doing the full what eight hour, nine hour job after that. And then we uh, went through the transition with the twins. They're moving out of cribs, so now they just don't go to sleep. Like before, oh. it was like you throw them in like their little cage, right. and they can be as unruly as they want to. We're transitioning them into like their little toddler beds or. Well, the force of the throw free, should free, shut them up anyway. Free-range children. So, yeah, it's been an absolutely delightful week without all the confluences of all of this. Sam the Mailman's made a good point about my, uh, my boyfriend. Uh, homoerotic um, interaction with the guy at the pool is that uh, you can't blame him for assuming you drive a Prius. Which yeah. is true. I mean, the Prius is a pretty big magnet. It, it, it really exerts kind of the 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 muscle that i got as a guy like dudes look at that and they go he's environmentally conscious and i'm into that yeah i think so i mean look, listen you're you're there's no question you're a dream boat you did offend someone on the better you today text line two five five three oh five uh Nall is way faster than toby which is complete bs because <laughs> i think you put them together and i'm pretty sure okay I think people forgot how good Toby Gerhardt was yes. in college. And I think that'll be a close race, but I still think Toby Gerhardt's going to win that one because he's got, he's got more spirit, more adrenaline. <laughs> like, that's just spirit versus spirit, isn't it? Those two dudes, all they run on is spirit. Well, listen, does does Nall get the uh, benefit of, of being able to run his leg during the Civil War game? Because he always had more spirit and adrenaline. Yes. Yeah. It's about as, be- as good as he's ever been. Yeah. Well, come on now. Ryan Nall was good. Ryan Nall was a good cog. He in... was, but he was great in Civil War games. I'm like, his numbers there are astronomical compared to the other games that he played in. I think how I'll remember Ryan Nall is how I'll remember Steven Jackson, which was he was a really, really good cog in Beaver's football history when things were kind of boring. You mm. know? Like, it, it was really, really boring for the past three years. But Ryan Nall was the one bright spot where, yeah. like, I'd watch a game and I'd be like, oh, man, is that dude going to break off a run? And Steven Jackson was that way towards the end of his career at Oregon State, too. Like, at the Las Vegas Bowl, I remember he had a really great game. Like, th- there were parts to it that were really, really great. But uh, at the end of the day, you were just kind of like, yeah, those were boring seasons. Yeah. Well, and hopefully you'll get a little something from your beeves this year. I'm excited to see what they look like when uh, when they start. I mean, you can't expect greatness right out of the gate. They're playing Ohio State with or without a coach. It's not going to be a very great good matchup for the beeves, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, you can't do much worse than you did last year. No. So the ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is, in fact, the roof. The ceiling is the roof. That's a obscure Michael Jordan reference. I don't even think it's that obscure. I think people get that.
And I think I know why you're mentioning Michael Jordan. Because <laughs> I'm clever? Because you're clever, and we now have to talk about the president of the United States on this show because he's infiltrated sports. Yeah, listen, we 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 left him alone. You know, we didn't need to, to talk about him. Uh, it's, we don't need to talk about politics. We don't really need to dive into that. But in the same week, LeBron James has been doing his media rounds to yeah. talk about the school for underprivileged children that he opened. Public school. And then breaks it up with going to his son's basketball games. This is all LeBron James has been doing is going to opening a public school buying all the kids bicycles to make sure they can get to the public school, paying their tuition provided they graduate. Free uniforms, free transportation within two miles, free breakfast, lunch, and snacks, free pantry for families, GEDs, and job placement services for parents, and guaranteed tuition to the University of Akron for every student who graduates this school. Yeah, what an idiot. And then we decide to take shots at him. Why? Listen, I get that Twitter is full of trolls. I'm aware of that. One of them is our president. I got caught in a little loop of watching mean tweets, the Jimmy Kimmel thing. It's a delightful little little piece of, of, of television. Yes. The whole thing is wonderful, and it's a great YouTube clip. They don't take very long to watch. There was four or five of them, and I watched too many. Four or five of them just used Trump tweets. These are all trolls. They don't use any other celebrity tweets, but they can use presidential tweets. It's insane. Well, and I think it also just kind of puts a spotlight on LeBron James, too, and what incredible work he's done. Now, I can admit I was a huge LeBron hater uh, early on in his career. Because he never opened any schools. Like, I mean, think about it. In the first, what, 15 years of his career, he didn't open a single school. No, and that's, you know, kind of the dark part of his career if you were to look at it. Um, but you know, when he started, when he was around 18 or 19, uh, for me, it was difficult to separate the fact that he was 18 or 19 mm-hmm. years old, uh, because he would do things like refer to himself in the third person, do he the has whole, a chosen one tattoo, the chosen one tattoo, uh, the decision, that yeah. whole thing. But when he left for Miami and you know, that really bothered me a lot, but it's only in retrospectively that now I'm a lot older. I look back at that and I go, yeah, dude, he was 18. He was 20, 21 years old. Of course he was doing that stuff. He was immature. But LeBron James has done the thing you would expect him to do the most, which is he's grown. He's completely grown as a person. He's come into immense wealth. He's come into immense influence and fame. And instead of being a complete jerk about it, flaunting it, and completely wasting it and not building a legacy, he builds a mother effing school and gives free tuition to people. Cleveland doesn't hate him for leaving because no. he's doing this. They thanked him. The first time he left, they burned jerseys. They did the whole thing. Yeah. He, it, but he went back to Cleveland because he made a promise to bring a championship to his hometown team. He did that. Now he can do whatever he wants. The, the, this chapter in LeBron James' career is it, it's it's all about what he can do with the wealth and with the fame and the influence that he now has. And you have the attention of of the entire world when the president jumps on it. And if anything, if 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 the idea for Trump is to like knock him down a peg by throwing the little I like Mike jab in there at the end, all you're doing is you're giving LeBron James more power and more relevance. So well, thank you. Here's the other part of it too. Trump's he's campaigning in Ohio today. <laughs> well, why? Why did you do that? They like him. 
Does he think they don't like him anymore? No. Really he, think he brought the city their only professional Dude, sports title. You will have a sound clip talking about him leaving. Yes. Twice. I guarantee it. You're going to have the the president up there bashing him for leaving. I mean, this is this is I just, I, it's just so childish. And, yes. it's, and it's funny that the idea that like, oh, I'm really going to get him and say that Mike's better. I think like we talk about this a lot with the legacy and the way people talk about, you know, how they're how they're viewed and you look at LeBron James right now. I don't think he cares what people think of him. No, not absolutely fantastic. And the fact that it doesn't seem that he's opening the school because he cares what people think about him. He's doing it as a legacy thing for a town that he grew with and grew up in that needs to help. Well, and also you, uh, you kind of look at his decision to go to Los Angeles and a lot of people came out. I, I forget what it was. It might've been Charles Barkley or somebody else who said that he didn't pick the Lakers. He picked Los Angeles or that might've been an unnamed source. But anyway, they, yeah. they're saying that, that like, Oh, he's just going to Los Angeles and he doesn't care about winning anymore. Dude, who cares? Good. He's, yeah. He's already cemented his spot as a top five player of all time. And by the way, I don't think it's his responsibility to fulfill whatever expectations you have for him. If he wants to live his life like this and go play in Los Angeles and have fun in the last five to six years of his career, open up schools for people in Ohio and produce movies, dude, good on you. And he wants his kid to go to high school in Los Angeles. Yes. That's what it is. I mean, that's a big part of it. Do whatever you want, LeBron. I, I like the fact that he's getting under the skin of the president and he's getting these tweets coming out. But yeah, the, uh, I like Mike jab at the end, calling LeBron stupid. It's very juvenile. And, uh, and LeBron, the funny thing is the basketball player is above this. Can I say this? The basketball player is above this kind of being. Can I say this though? It is very obvious when LeBron James wants to look smart because he wears glasses. Well, he wears, uh, he grabs his purse and he wears, uh, (laughs) suit shorts. The only thing that was He's easy to make fun of. Dude, the only thing that was missing from him opening that school was that purse. Needed his man bag. How awesome would have been if he had the man Uh, bag on his shoulder while he was making that speech? It's just, it's wonderful. Like, I want to see more of the man bag, the alligator skin man bag. Absolutely. Speaking of campaigning in Ohio, uh, Urban Meyer still campaigning for his job at Ohio State. And we have a poll to get to. Yeah, let's do uh, let's do both of those things. We'll do it next, but uh, before we get to that, we have to do the news. The uh, the state mandated uh, Urban Meyer conversations take place now. Did you get your time card out? Get your time card out. Punch it. Yep. Talk about the biggest story in sports. Urban Meyer uh, is a liar. Okay, I'll give you a choice. We can either talk about Urban Meyer or the Patriots giving Tom Brady a giant birthday cake that he can't eat because he's anorexic. We can do both of those things. We'll, we'll do them both here. Uh, I just, we've been talking about Urban Meyer all week uh, since we've been filling in for Dusty and Cam. So we've had a chance to kind of talk about it. The one thing that has happened, the only thing that has changed since you and I last talked about it is uh, Herbs released his uh, statement. Yes. He came out and said, uh, well, it wasn't that I was lying at uh, Big Ten Media Day, it's that uh, I wasn't prepared for the question. Oh, my. And by question, he may have forgotten that he was asked the same thing nine times about firing Mike, uh, Zach Smith. Nine times he got the question, and yes. he just never really saw it coming back around when he didn't answer it and then pretended that he didn't know what they were talking about, then called them liars for making up the story. Who thought on Big Ten Media Day the most national broadcast you can get for the day after you fire a wide yes. receivers coach for domestic violence. 
that it might come up. I think uh, Brett McMurphy, who's the guy who broke this whole story originally, I think his tweet uh, sums it up perfectly. Let me get this straight. Urban Meyer, in a matter of seconds, can come up with a way to convert a fourth and one in double OT to beat Michigan. Yet, he cannot be, quote unquote, adequately adequately prepared to take questions at Big Ten uh, Media Day. Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) The other thing that's happened uh, since we last talked about this is we've got to hear from the dude that got fired. Zach Smith. And boy, does he sound like a scumbag. And boy, does he sound guilty. Yeah, well, no. So he's come out and said that he's not. Yes. Now, we don't have any visual evidence from our friend Brett McMurphy on that, uh, that he may have done yeah, some we of the things. Yeah, we do have evidence, yeah. Oh, do we? Oh, what's that? Yeah, I can go ahead and just pull it up for you. For you. <laughs> so uh, right after the interview happened. So he's with, done several interviews. He's been on TV. He's been on radio. Yeah. Deny, deny, deny. I didn't do anything. She's crazy. Da, well, da, da. I wasn't even there when this supposedly happened. But this was specifically after the ESPN interview that aired last night. Yep. Uh, right after it happened, and uh, Zach Smith said, no, no, I've completely Never put my hands on her. Anything even happened in 2015, right? So then uh, Brett McMurphy then tweeted a screen grab of uh, text message exchanges uh, that were shared uh, with him from Zach Smith's wife, right? This is how it all started. Sure. This one reads, uh, and this is uh, Smith's wife, Think about the past. Think back to the cheating, the lies, and picking me up by my neck, strangling me in Putacana and at our place in April. The abuse got worse because you couldn't stand me catching you in your lies. Zach Smith's response? I know. Uh, no, it's, I oh, know. I know. All right. Because there's multiple exclamation points on it. So God, would you just quit? I bring- know. Why do you keep having to bring it up? Why do you have to bring up that I hit you? Yeah, exactly. Well, and and doesn't this seem like kind of the obvious reason she sent that in a text message detailing it is so that she would have the screen grab? And then his response is, I know. I know. From the uh, Better You Today text line 55305, you can't expect him to be prepared for questions on a media day. I mean, the dairy reporters, they, they ambushed him. They did. They just came out of nowhere, jumping out of the woodwork. And I so, think I think most of all, this is really what's what's going to cause Urban Meyer to lose his job because I genuinely believe he will get fired, and I think it's all going to come back around to the fact that you friggin' lied to everybody and you did it on national television. Well, well here here are the two things: Zach Smith looks worse now that he's in the public eye, yeah. and, and some, it takes some of the attention off of Urban Meyer because this guy looks awful. Yes. The other thing is, Urban Meyer has said that he reported it in 2015, so. He'll need to come up. The burden of proof is on Urban Meyer. The way he saves his job is if he can prove that he reported this to the athletic director or the president of the school or the dean or whoever, whatever the chain of authority is. So if Urban Meyer can prove that, he saves his job. Well, Zach Smith looks bad enough. And I'd flip it on never you. work again. I'd flip it on you that I don't think it's really on Urban Meyer anymore. I think it's on university officials sure. because he's saying that he reported it to all the right people. But here's the thing that's been missing out of this whole story. I haven't heard anything from athletic directors, university presidents. Well, no, we have. They've have formed. We? They've yes. It's th- their comment has been we've formed a committee to investigate it. So we'll have to wait until we hear something from. Okay, that. but like, why can't I hear from whoever Urban Meyer's boss is, which I'm assuming is the AD, right? Why because they're I... far less important than the football oh, coach. And, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a big part of the story is we give these guys too much power, and then when they make bad decisions, we have to go attack them. Okay. Tell me about the birthday cake. Okay, so Tom Brady got a birthday cake. Are you ready for this? 
This is a really huge deal because Tom Brady usually doesn't eat birthday cake. Yes. Yes. We well, he doesn't eat cake. He's never even eaten a strawberry. No, he's never had a strawberry. In fact, if he did eat a strawberry, his head would explode. He like smelled in, one once yeah. and it was awful. Like, have you ever seen the movie uh, Big Trouble Little China where that guy explodes? No, but I can imagine. Well, that would, that's what would happen to Tom Brady if he ate a strawberry. Now, uh, the New England Patriots organization for uh, Tom Brady's birthday created him... A, a giant birthday cake in the shape of a 12. Uh, and uh, let's see here. Did it have unknown substances like uh, Julian Edelman was taken inside the cake? Uh, maybe. I mean, everybody got a piece, if that's mm-hmm. what you're asking. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets a piece. I see what you did there. <laughs> Clever wordplay. Oh, wait. And then uh, DraftKings actually retweeted him and said, happy birthday to Tom Brady, and they made an avocado cake. So there is an actual (laughs) story about uh, Tom Brady this week. There's a new book out that alludes to the fact that he could have taken uh, a million-dollar fine. All he had to do was admit guilt in the Deflategate case, and he could have avoided the suspension in the long, drawn-out case. Oh, you're assuming that he uh, he doesn't have pride. Well, no, but this is this is kind of the assumption. But I'm saying if you're in that position, I mean, he was able, willing to fight it. Does that make you think that there's more, I don't know, innocence there in in his claims that he didn't do anything to those footballs and any of that? No, he's the most prideful person ever, and he lets pride pretty much blind him from anything. I mean, he kissed his son on the lips on Facebook, and he still admitted that was normal, which is <laughs> BS. That's weird. Okay, what's How the old age? Was his son? What's the age cutoff? Oh, jeez. Like, I don't mean to make this personal for Kindergarten? you. Kindergarten? You start going to school. Yeah. You stop doing it when you start taking your kids to school, right? You drop them off outside. You, no, no more mouth kissing your kids. What's the age cutoff for you and your daughters for the mouth kiss? I don't know. It still seems weird to me. I don't do a whole lot of mouth kissing with you the You haven't girls. even mouth kissed your daughters? I have, yet? but it feels weird. Just give them a little, give me a kiss, and let them, you let them kiss you. Yeah. 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 Weird. See, and I don't, I don't like have it. kids yet, so I can't talk to it, and maybe I'll have a different reaction to it. But but I think it just it kind of harkens back to the you're a creeper kind of thing. Yeah, I think and, I agree. Yeah, Tom Brady's a creeper. Fair enough. We had a poll. Yes, let's go to the poll at Center Saint 1080 on Twitter. How are we doing on the poll? Okay, here we go. So okay. our poll today was a little bit, uh, I don't know, it was a little out there. So the 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 inspiration for it right was Johnny Football. Johnny Football threw four interceptions in his uh, CFL starting debut <clears throat> in the first half. The first half. Of course, did you see what Vernon Davis did when he came in in the fourth quarter to replace him? No, one for five. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so we asked, "What's worse?" Uh, here are our options: three yards passing. Uh, eight percent people said being punched by Trinston Thompson. Okay, that's obviously not that bad. Yeah. Uh, 27% of you said uh, pooping your pants during an MLB game. What does that relate to? Avery Bradley. Uh, not Avery Bradley. Um, I'll have to look up his name. But uh, a baseball player for the Diamondbacks pooped his pants and then had to go out and pitch. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll get his name for you here one second. 30% of you said it was Johnny Football's situation of throwing, throwing four interceptions in the first half of a CFL game. And then an overwhelming 35% have said, I really don't want to be Myers Leonard that that's probably the worst thing that you could be is Myers Leonard. Archie Bradley. That's Archie close. Bradley. I feel bad for Avery Bradley. I was like, oh, I didn't yeah. mean to do that. Archie Bradley. Well, now you've put it on Avery Bradley that he's pooped his pants and for some reason went out and played a baseball game. And he pitched <laughs> what they call a clean inning. Hold on. 
There you go. You deserve that one. I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, we used that joke when we reported on the story, so it's not like it's a new joke. Over, had it had it in the hopper. Overwhelmingly, the people, worst thing in sports. Yes, is, is to be Myers Leonard. Being Myers Leonard, which it really wouldn't be that bad if it was just the fact that you were publicly known as a waste. Yeah, and I think that Myers Leonard is a stand-in for uh, you're a huge disappointment. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, we could have just been, be a huge disappointment, but yeah. I think Myers Leonard works as a stand-in for that. I almost feel like Myers Leonard is a mirror. that, Like, he's a mirror for all, all of the disappointments we've had in life, each one of us. Yeah. And you just kind of look at it sometimes, and you go, God, that's the worst part of me. Well, and it's and it's also the thing that, because you have a huge man crush on the physique of Myers Leonard. Yeah, he's hot. And you look at Myers Leonard, and you go, oh, I should have been so much more. Yeah. All the things. Look how much potential I had. Look how good I could have been. But then I ended up being a huge. Well, and it's disappointing, too, because if that guy can have that body, usually you'd assume that you could be pretty successful. And so it's disappointing now that like, okay, even if I do get a body like that, it doesn't mean I'm going to be really successful. He has made a lot of money. If you were at the gym. Yeah. And you saw Myers Leonard pull up in a Prius. Okay. Met him at the swimming pool, but you didn't ever really have a chance to talk to him because he kind of dismisses of you. Sure. Would you leave your name and number in his uh, windshield? And say that I like to swim, too. I like to swim for fun. Yeah. All oh, right. I like to swim for fun. Yeah. I. I can't. I'm. It's kind of messing with me. <laughs> it should it's, be. It's seriously because I have to go back to that club. I love that club. That twenty-four hour fitness is really nice. Good versus evil is next. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the? What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. Yeah, I mean, that's my favorite thing to do is prove doubters wrong. So uh, I'm definitely excited. I uh, love the team that we have coming back. Um, as you said, with, with the doubters saying new faces, without this guy, without that guy, how do we do it? Uh, it'll be fun just uh, getting out there on Sunday and improving them all. That was yogurt-slinging tough guy Dak Prescott. He's talking about proving an abstract group of people that may or may not exist wrong. He was in the news this week for another reason. Prescott said it was not the right time or place for NFL players to kneel in protest during the national anthem. In a completely unrelated story, Cowboys owner and man whose eyes are too far apart, Jerry Jones, was ordered by the NFL to refrain from speaking to anyone about the kneeling controversy. Do you believe that Jerry may be using Dak as a mouthpiece for the public? No, because I don't think he's that clever. I think Jerry Jones, if he wants to say something, he'll just go out and say it, gag order or not. I think, like, he... I mean, he's turning into Al Davis, right? We're just waiting for him to go to the costume change. Al Davis went with a tracksuit. We're waiting for the Stetson hat on uh, Jerry Jones and then, like, the full-on Western gear. Well, the other part of it, too, is that Al Davis's kids were kind of crazy. I, I don't know any of his... Jerry Jones. Ste- Stephen Jones is part of it. He's like he? he, he's been out talking about this stuff too. He's one of the presidents. I don't know that they're crazy, but uh, the, obviously, as you would expect, they're Dallas kids and they're nice and confident. Yeah, we don't take anything from no one. Yeah, yeah there's very much that vibe. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't think Jerry Jones is uh, subtle enough to use somebody to talk for him. Daddy hit the oil, and then we get a job on the football team. Right. We have to collectively look at our position players because I've spoken about you know where, how we feel about the pitching. 
but on the other side of the ball, um, the areas where we feel comfortable adding to 19 and the areas where we need to improve. And that's what we're going to be watching over the next two months. That was a man who you desperately attempt to avoid speaking with at your wife's Christmas party, John Rico, but you probably know him as the assistant general manager of the New York Mets. Now, I could go into a deep analysis of why the Mets suck, but losing 25-4 to to the Nationals team that looks to have collectively drank three highballs before each game, that should be enough for you. It all culminated with shortstop Jose Reyes pitching during the eighth inning of that loss. Would you say that this game is bad for baseball, this game in particular? No, uh, because it came on the heels of the trade deadline where we thought Bryce, Bryce Harper was going to disappear and the Nationals were going to give up on it. I mean, the Mets are bad. You're supposed to beat bad teams. You're not supposed to beat them by, what was it, 19 or, or 21 that they beat them by? 25 They did four. set a record. They were up 19 to nothing in the fifth inning, which was a record that dates back to 1870, the last time a team did it. It gets people talking about baseball that don't normally talk about baseball. That's always a good thing. It's the all-press, it's good press kind of thing. And it had one of the the biggest stars in baseball, Bryce Harper, at the center of it. Who knew that threatening to trade a guy and kind of, we're going to do it, we're not going to do it kind of talk would actually inspire your team to start winning some games? Baseball is an amazing thing. People forget how much momentum there is when you play games almost every day. Uh, you, you get rolling and, and crazy things can happen. I mean, just look at the A's and the Mariners going two different directions. They're getting an exclusive sponsorship deal, Bob. So they are the official gaming partner of the NBA. No one else can get that. They are getting data rights. That is for in-game, live in-game, uh, which is a niche product here in the U.S. where you can bet live in-game. Uh, they are getting these direct data feeds from the NBA. Maybe there's a six to eight second delay from third parties. They're going to trump that up as you are getting the unique stats from the NBA. Uh, just so you, if you weren't clear, it is in-game. In-game betting. Yeah, in-game betting, if oh, you yeah. didn't know that. They're going to use every piece of modern technology that they have to make this uh, in-game betting. In-game betting. That was human being Darren Ravel. He's talking about the big sports con uh, sponsorship that was created this past week. The NBA became the first major sports league to enter a partnership with a major gaming business, announcing Tuesday that MGM Resorts International will be the league's, the league's official gaming partner Here's the interesting part, though. MGM Resorts will use official NBA and WNBA data and branding on a non-exclusive basis. Do you think there's room for corruption with something like this? No, I think any time. I mean, we kind of talked about this uh, when we talked about uh, alcohol going into Autzen Stadium or Research Stadium. I think any time you can have more oversight and, and you know, the, the books are there for everybody to, to look at, you're going to have less corruption. I mean, right now there's, what, a billion dollars made in illegal wagers across the United States every year. This is this is going to be good. Uh, MGM has already been dealing with, you know, working with the governments in places like Atlantic City and in Las Vegas, in Tahoe. It's, it's not new to them to have gaming oversight. It'll be new for the NBA, but having a partner like the MGM, I think legitimizes a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, it's... The money bankroll. Yeah, well, nobody. No, if if you do things by the book, you get to keep the money that you make versus uh, doing it in the shadows where somebody can catch you. Over under one month before the mob gets involved. The mob. The mob's already involved. <laughs> what do you mean?
Las Vegas. What are we talking about? Yeah, the mob helped build that place. Uh, time for my favorite story of the week. This one comes from Florida. Oh, yay. It's a Florida man story. You ready for this yeah, one? I love Florida man stories. Okay, here is the slug, the headline. A Florida man didn't know he was stabbed on a downtown street until he saw the blood. Okay. A Key West man was stabbed in the neck and back Wednesday night by his ex-girlfriend's friend. David James Lola, 44, listed as a tour guide in Key West, sure an incredible job, was arrested and charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, aggravated battery, and blah, 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 blah. He was also charged with misdemeanor marijuana possession. Who would have known a guy who stabs people also has weed on him? Yeah. Uh, I would have thought Coke for sure. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's the, uh, that's burying, that's burying the lead, isn't it? It's a stabbier drug, I'm just saying. Police said the victim, Robert Phillips, told them he was arguing with Lola outside uh, some place over a woman. Uh, Phillips called his girlfriend. He walked away, and then eventually the man stabbed him twice, and uh, he just walked away from the situation, and it was only 30 minutes later that he goes, oh, I've been stabbed. Must not have been much of a knife. Either that or who's the, who's the guy who's really doing the coke is what you would say. Yes, yes. Because I would assume the pain would not. I'm guessing there were, I'm guessing guessing there were drugs involved with the not knowing you were stabbed and the being in Key West. Yes. Yeah, those two things kind of give me indications that yeah. Yeah. You ever been stabbed? No, I haven't. That seems unpleasant. Well, and so we always talked about that uh one thing. You remember that one conversation we had that was if you could be in a plane crash and survive it, would you do it? Yeah, if you knew you were going to survive? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because when else, other than a plane crash in the mountains, are you really allowed to go for the cannibalism? So would you do the Wait, same thing with stabbing? If you knew you could get stabbed a bunch and then survive it. Stabbed a bunch? Yeah. No. No? No, that seems like less cool of a story than the plane crash. Like if I'm choosing, if it's a, if we're playing the would you rather yeah. survive a plane crash or survive, survive a stabbing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking the plane crash. Well, I guess it would depend on what the... Uh, you know what, what the situation is with the stabbing. Yeah, now, do I, I get, do I get stabbed with a pocket knife yeah. or like the broken off end of a pool cue? Those yeah. are two different stabbings. Like if I'm getting involved in a bar fight, like a 1980s Patrick Swayze bar fight, and I get stabbed a bunch, and everybody sees how dope I am, that I get stabbed and I'm good. Yeah, I might take that one. But I think the idea was we walked away clean from the plane crash. Yeah, like you're all good. Well, it's exhilarating. Sure. You get one of those water lands. You get to hang out in a raft for a while. Rafts are fun. <laughs> The helicopter's flying over, and you're just laying out. Hey, guys. All right. If you haven't been uh, following baseball, there are uh, there are two stories that illustrate how why the Mariners are going one direction and the A's are going another direction. We'll get to those. We've also got uh, some old-timers that are coming in to tell us about their 35th anniversary of their fantasy football league. This will be kind of a prelude to uh, you and I setting up our fantasy football leagues for uh, Dirt and Sprague's a party that's going to be coming up on the 22nd of August. We'll be drafting with listeners again. Yep. So we'll talk to these guys. We'll get some insight on how we can win our fantasy football leagues and more. And the league name, again, is Blair Walsh's Love Child. That's your team's league. I thought they were going to name the league that. I, oh, is that what it is? Oh, I don't. I think we get our own leagues. Oh. I get a league. You get a league. Why can't we Everybody a league? gets a league. Why can't we do a league together? I don't know. That's all hour two, and we will do it next. We'll figure out what the name is. Can we do it together? Uh, first, I have to mention uh, Good vs. Evil brought to you by our friends at 808, the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants, 2454 East Burnside or 52nd 
and Woodstock. You're listening to 1080 The Fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 